In the last six months, AI has gone from being science fiction to a part of our everyday lives. ChatGPT grew to 100 million users faster than any other platform in the history of the world. And every day, new AI software and solutions are rolling out, doing everything from ordering pizza to writing code for websites. So how can you, as a business owner, leverage the productivity gains that AI promises while keeping both eyes open to its downsides? That's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Welcome to the Honest Marketing Podcast, where you learn proven strategies to grow your business without selling your soul. I'm your host, Travis Albritton, and in today's episode, we're talking about artificial intelligence. I was going back through my stats, and one of the most popular episodes of this podcast is the one that I did on ChatGPT and kind of my initial response and reaction to this new wave of AI and how I thought it was going to impact marketing. So now that we've had some more time go by and it's matured a little bit as a platform, new versions of it have rolled out. There's been a lot more uh, clarity around the pros and cons of AI. You have, you know, consistently groups of people that are trumpeting the benefits of it, the productivity benefits and how it can really help us all scale up what we can do in a day. And then also a sizable number of people that are warning about the potential downsides of AI and what could happen if it goes uh, unrestricted into the future, especially if it's in an arms race between Google and ChatGPT, the two big platforms right now, and Facebook jumping into the mix where it's really profit-driven. But we're not going to talk about the existential risk in this episode. We're going to be more practical. Let's assume that AI is here to stay and that businesses are going to have to cope with how they use it moving forward. It's not too dissimilar from when computers, personal computers came on the scene or the internet came on the scene, and now it completely upended what business owners typically thought a business or how a business should run. When the internet came along, there was a lot of resistance to selling things online. Why would you sell something online? Why would somebody ever buy something when they can't physically see, touch, try it on before they purchase it? But now, more often than not, people buy things online. You know, it's only a matter of time until malls just kind of cease to exist because why would you drive to a mall when you can just go on Amazon and click it with a, you know, buy it with a couple of clicks. And so let's assume that AI is here to stay and the current trajectory of AI holds up as far as how it's developing and the different products that are coming out and the different solutions. What are the benefits to using it? And what are the downsides? Essentially, why is everybody so pumped about it? And also why are people scared of it or concerned about its impact. Let's start first with the the good stuff. Why is everybody so pumped about AI and the potential that it brings? Well, number one, it takes automation and content generation to a whole other level. Something that computers and the internet brought forth was a lot of productivity gains where you could do the work of multiple people now with one person. AI takes that to an extreme where you can just tell the artificial intelligence platform what you want it to do and it does it. So Back when I was an aerospace engineer in a former life, uh, I used Excel quite often to create tables, spreadsheets, graphs, pivot tables, all that kind of stuff. And without getting into the the weeds too much, there would be times where I would need it to do a very particular thing, but I had never done that before. I'd never performed an action in Excel. And so I'd have to do a lot of research to figure out what formula do I need, what kind of syntax do I need to put into it to make sure that I don't break my table. Well, now you can just ask an AI like ChatGPT, to create a custom piece of code, a custom macro for Excel to do exactly what you want it to do. And then go take a nap because you're done. You don't have to do this research. You don't have to troubleshoot. You just say, hey, I need to do this in Excel. 
write me a formula that will do that, and it will. If you need a picture of a cat giving a duck a high five for some Instagram post or social media post, then you can type in what you want into an AI platform like Dolly, and it will auto-generate multiple pictures for you to choose from that depict a cat giving a duck a high five. So when it comes to doing tasks, taking instructions and creating an output, AI does it. Now, how well does it do it? Kind of up to the author and the interpreter to decide if it's actually a good outcome or not. And what we've seen is that the ability to get good outcomes and outputs out of AI depend quite a lot on your ability to give it the information it needs to create the thing that you want. So the more detail that you can give it, the more the better uh, you know precision you can give in your promptings, the better your results will be. But in theory, you can just tell it what you want it to do and it'll spit out exactly what you want. That also means it drives down the cost of iterative tasks, things that you would do over and over again, but it's just one task over and over again, right? So data entry, market research, coming up with the ideas for your podcast, taking long form videos and cutting them into shorter videos you can post on social media, all those kinds of things that you would say, here's what I need to do and I need to do it more than once. AI can do that for you. And so rather than manually typing that stuff in, AI will just spit it out. And then you could hypothetically exponentially grow your own productivity if you know what you're doing, right? Software developers are using AI to generate code for websites, programs, integrations, and more. Then the person can go back and easily apply, debug, and update software in a fraction of the time that it took to do manually with people because the AI can just create all the code that you need for a new website. The developer knows what to look for and can spot check it to make sure it's pretty close to what they want. Apply a couple tweaks and then boom, you're done. And then now it's gotten to the point where you actually debug itself, (laughs) where AI can actually look at its own code and identify spots where it's broken. So you can either create more software faster or work less with the same output. Those are the kind of applications that AI uh, proponents are leaning into and saying, this is why AI is a net benefit, not just to society, but to businesses, that you can do more with less, you can do it faster, and you don't have to have all of this expertise in order to create something. You don't need to be a, a website developer to build a website. You don't need to hire one even. You can just ask ChatGPT to build it for you. Small caveat there that we're going to get into here in a second. So that's why everybody's really pumped about it. You can do a lot with a little. So what are the downsides of AI? And why would you be rightly hesitant to just go full bore all in on using it in every single aspect of your business? It helps to understand how AI works. So it's not a sentient being on the other side of a screen. You're talking to a computer program that's designed to do a very particular thing. In the same way that with social media platforms, how do they just magically know what you want to see next? What kind of posts you like? What kind of people you like to interact with? You've told it. You've trained it by your activity on the platform. AI, instead of having an algorithm based on keeping you on the platform, it's designed to predict the next word in a question or answer or sequence. That also means that it's not designed inherently to be precise. It's designed to be persuasive. I'll say that again. AI isn't designed to be precise or accurate. It's designed to be persuasive. So ChatGPT is what's called a language learning model or an LLM. And they are trained, like I said, to predict the next word that comes in a question, sentence, or phrase based on the ones that preceded it. Looking at statistics, probabilities, and things like that, based on what you type into it, 
it will then predict what the answer would be and kind of mimic a human interaction. That's essentially what it's doing. It's trying to guess what a person on the other side on the internet within the data set that it has would answer to or create from your question. And it does that, you know, by again, looking at all the data in the model and identifying trends. But the AI, because it's not a sentient being, it's not a computer program that's self-aware, it doesn't know what's true and false. It doesn't know what's right and wrong. It doesn't know if the information it's giving you is accurate or not. It just knows that this is the sequence of words that normally shows up based on your prompt. And that's good enough for most people, right? If you don't have an existing expertise in an area or a field and ChatGPT spits something out and it seems really sound like, yeah, that makes sense, then you are likely to take that information and assume that it's true, even if it's not. So a good way to test this if you sign up for ChatGPT, which is free, you can sign up for free and test it out, is start asking it questions based on things you know a lot about to really stretch the limits of what it can do. You know, so for me, when I test ChatGPT, I can throw Bible questions or doctrinal questions or things like that from my past experience doing ministry and see what it responds with and see how it comes up with its answers and how it defends its positions and very quickly identify either tendencies or, you know, based on the answer, what kind of data it's pulling in to create that answer. And if I didn't have that background knowledge, it'd be very easy for me to be persuaded theologically about my relationship with God as a Christian from this AI that really doesn't know anything. It's just kind of spitting back answers based on what it predicts that I want. So that's just my example. But for you, you want to test it out, test it out with things that you know a lot about and see what you get back. Now, here's the other problem. Or the next problem, because there's a couple more. Most AI right now, and I'll caveat that right now, because it's totally possible and likely that in the future, this won't be the case. Uh, But right now, it doesn't provide sources for the information that it uses to aggregate its answers. Because AI is not like Google, where you type in a question and it says, based on your question, here are websites that contain what we think the answer is. And then you go through and you research and you click the links and decide, is this the right answer? Is this not the right answer? It instead gives you an answer and presents it as the answer. That's what the interaction feels like. But because AI doesn't provide its sources, because right now it's not really designed to do so, it's, again, aggregating data from all kinds of places to put together what it predicts the answer would be based on your query, based on what you type in. It actually can't provide sources because it doesn't even know where it came from. It's just pulling info from the whole language model. And as you add new inputs in, so like Google's Bard, which is their AI, it's pulling live from the internet. The internet's always changing. So you might get one answer today, a different answer tomorrow. But without those sources, without being able to double check where it got that information, how do you know that the answer that you're getting is based on sound data or is coming from a reliable source that's trustworthy? How do you know that the AI properly sorted through the information and gave you the correct interpretation or summary based on what you gave it? You really don't. And there's no way of knowing because of how interconnected these LLMs, these language learning models actually are. And so that's just something to be aware of. Like when you ask the AI a question, it will give you an answer, but there's no way of tracing back to the original information that it used to generate the answer. And so at the end of the day, AI is not a magic bullet where you can outsource your thinking and you can outsource tasks and and things that you don't know anything about and have it basically replace people because you still need to know what the right answer should be or should look like or should sound like. You know, so when I first started digging into copywriting, which is writing persuasively to sell things, 
I had no intuition about what good copy actually looked like. Uh, If it seemed persuasive, I thought it was good. It's like, wow, that really persuaded me or I felt something inside. So surely that would work as copywriting. Uh, But I didn't have the wisdom or the knowledge base to develop an intuition and a gut feeling about what would work and what wouldn't because I just didn't have the experience. And so if someone who is new to copywriting or something like it approaches AI and says, hey, I want you to write a sales page for a product that I'm trying to sell online and ChatGPT or some other AI software creates one. They're like, here's your sales page. Here's your headline. Here's your subheadline. Here's the problems that the person is probably over, you know, dealing with. Here's how your product is positioned to overcome it. Here's your sales page. That person is likely to say, you know what? This seems pretty good. This is my website. This is my sales page. Just copy and paste it over because, you know, surely the AI knows more about copywriting than I do. They have the whole internet or the whole data set to sift through. Whereas me, I'm just a beginner. But let's take that example, for instance, that sales page. How do you know that that problem that the AI came up with is actually a problem for the ideal customer that you're trying to reach? You don't. The AI doesn't. You have to know if that's the right answer or not, that it generated the right answer. It may say, these are all the things that your product does. You need to go back and make sure that your product actually does those things. Otherwise, you're falsely advertising your service or your business by saying it does something that it doesn't. You know, and so these are all problems that arise when you ask AI to do something you don't already have a base knowledge in to be able to identify what things are useful and what things need to be corrected. And so in order for AI to not just bite you in the butt, you have to know what the right answer is supposed to look like. You need to have a gut feel or for it to be able to pass a smell test and you know enough about the subject to know what it's supposed to look like, what the answer is supposed to feel like, and to have the base knowledge to know on a technical level when the answer is precise and accurate or not. So there's a lot of benefits. There's potential downsides to AI. What would be my advice, right? Person online making a podcast. That's my authority here, right? It is one business owner to another. And after a lot of self-reflection on how I am pursuing AI in my business. So what I'm doing is I'm simply exploring different tools and seeing them as productivity enhancers but not replacements for people. In the podcasting space, which is the world that I live in and swim in, there are a lot of tools coming out saying, hey, AI just replaced this. You now no longer have to think. You just record and upload and boom, everything gets done automatically. And then I look at the outputs of what is created from the software and (laughs) uh, they're not as great as a person with an expertise could generate. Or there's something missing from it that would be really critical that somebody who knows what they're doing would know to add in, but this AI platform does not. And so don't see AI as a way of outsourcing jobs or people or roles or tasks or responsibilities or adding capabilities where you don't have a base knowledge to know if the information you're getting from the AI is actionable and good or not. Instead, Use it as a productivity enhancer. Use it as a first draft when you're writing a blog post to do some initial research, to take over a task that you already know how to do. Like you already know how to do the thing. You just ask the AI to do it and then you know if it's right or not because you've done it a bunch. You already have that experience. Because when you do that, you are not at the mercy of the AI to be accurate in order for it to work for you or to benefit you. You can take advantage of the upsides of the productivity gains of using platforms that can do lots of tasks really quickly without you, without falling victim to the downsides of posting information that's not accurate, that's misleading, or doesn't reflect your business well. 
If there's been anything that we've learned in the last six months, both with the Bud Light marketing debacle, which I'll talk about in a future episode here, as that becomes more and more uh, crystallized, I'm not a big fan of doing instant analysis on things as they happen. I'm much bigger a fan of doing a an exhaustive postmortem after something has kind of completed its life cycle to really get the full picture of what happened. Uh, but if there's anything that we've learned from Bud Light and what's been happening with their brand is that it's very easy to lose a good reputation online. You can spend decades building a loyal fan base and alienate them instantly. And so the risk with AI and platforms like it, with fast movers, people that jump in without really thinking through the long-term implications of what it could have for their business, you can find yourself in a similar situation where you get bit in the butt. Like you, you push into it thinking, oh man, it's gonna be great in all these ways. And you don't actually consider what would be the downside if this goes horribly wrong? And what would be the ramifications for my business? So that's how I've created these guardrails for myself. I'm not relying on AI to create things. I'm using it as a productivity enhancer, potentially in specific applications where I already know what the answer should be or what the output should be. And I can decide to use it or not use it. Some AI platforms are better than others at different tests. So there's also a lot of testing about, okay, I wanna do this particular thing. Do I use ChatGPT? Do I use a more specialized AI? Do I use an integrated? Like there's all these different options. And so do you do diligence? Make sure you go in with both eyes open, knowing that this isn't a silver bullet. It's not gonna fix all of your marketing problems and all your sales problems. Just plug in an AI chatbot on your website and boom, sales go up. But it is an opportunity to use a new tool to potentially gain some productivity to increase your output or to enhance the skills of your existing team in order to have a greater impact and help more people. So hopefully that is a nice balanced approach to AI, that there are some things in there that you can take and implement and think through for your own business. And if you want me to do more episodes like this, talking about artificial intelligence, uh, the future of technology, how it's impacting marketing and sales and how we do business in the real world, uh, feel free to reach out to me. It's hello at honestpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you and any ideas or thoughts or topics that you want me to talk about here on the podcast in the future. Well, I hope you have an amazing week this week. And as always, be honest. (laughs) 